Listen, are, are you ready to shout? Are you ready to say amen? Are you ready to clap? Are you ready to receive the word of God today? You are going to be blessed. And uh, we want you to give a big Lord's House welcome. If you're watching at home, I want you to welcome Bishop Randy Coggins. I give this thing a good Clorox wipe for you. Hey. Oh, hold on. Where's all my kids? Pre-K through fifth grade. It's kids' church time. There you go. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many of you are glad to be in God's house today? You know, the old song says, He didn't have to let me live, but I'm glad to be in God's service one more time. And how many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord on this Lord's day? Shout hallelujah. Well, I understand you had a tremendous celebration on last night, celebrating the marriage of your daughter. And so we celebrate with you and pray blessings upon their marriage. And for many, many years of success, my wife and I just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary. And so she's still the joy of my life. And uh, she still makes my head turn every time she walks by. Amen. And she's given me three natural born children and then we have one adopted daughter and uh, I'm thankful for our family and then on the 26th of July I celebrated my 40th year of full-time ministry and for the last 40 years of my life most every Sunday I have preached somewhere in some pulpit in this nation or throughout the world and I'm thankful for the anointing of God that has been upon me all these years. When God called me to preach 40 years ago, He made me a promise, Pastor. He told me that if I would be faithful and be obedient unto Him, that He would give me my household. I may, have, may or may not have shared a little of my testimony the last time I was here, but I was not raised in a Christian home. My mother and father did not know the Lord. As a matter of fact, my mother was and still is a very active Jehovah's Witness. And my father backslid on God before I was ever born. But thank God for my holiness grandmother and grandfather that loved the Lord with all their heart and were the greatest influences in my life. And they raised me to go to church and I think I was born on a Wednesday, and I was literally in church on Sunday. And I've been in church ever since. They both preached the gospel. Granny preached for over 70 years. When she left this world a few years ago at the age of 94, she told me to keep on keeping on, and that God would be faithful to his word. On Father's Day of last year, my father uh, came down with sickness. And they put him on hospice on Father's Day. And he lived for quite a bit uh, after that. It was near uh, the end of September when the doctors told us there was not much time left. And I got in my hotel room and I laid in the floor, Pastor, for many hours. And I cried and I squalled and I wept unto the Lord because God promised me my household. 
And I said, no, Lord, I need you to do something for my daddy because he, he has withdrawn his life from you many, many years ago. And you promised me that you would save him. He only heard me preach in, in person one time. I was 16 years old and he came to hear me preach and he sat way in the back of the church. From the moment that I got up to preach, he began to weep and cry until the moment that I said amen. And then as I gave the altar call, he went out the door and never came back. And I I held that in my heart that God was going to save him, Pastor. And I got up from that my bedside there at the hotel room and I made my way to Atlanta and I went in to visit my dad, and they had asked me to sit with him for a little bit. He was at home in hospice care. And I said, Daddy, now the doctors say that unless things change, unless God works a miracle, that your time is short. And he said, Son, I know what you're going to talk to me about. He said, But do you really believe that God will forgive me for what I've done? I said, Daddy, God has his arms open wide to you, and all you've got to do is come. And repent and he'll receive you. And I got a testimony this morning to declare that right there that day, I led my dad to Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. Just a few days later, three days later, as a matter of fact, he breathed his last breath on this side of heaven. And now he's in the celestial presence of the almighty God. And I'm thankful that I know that my daddy is saved and my daddy's in God's presence And I said that to tell someone this morning, I prayed for 39 years for God to save my daddy, and I never one time gave up on God. And I want to tell you, don't you give up on God for your husband, for your wife, for your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, your family, your friends, even your enemies. Don't you give up. God's hand will touch them and will convict them. Can you say amen? Let's give a a round of applause this morning for our pastor and first lady, Amy. It's just so good to see them again. Come on, let's thank God for your man and your woman of God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to the first chapter of the book of Joshua. I'm not going to sit in this chair this morning. I'm going to use it as illustration. If I sit down, I might be here a while, but I'm just going to remain standing. But I want to use this as a visual aid this morning. And I want to talk to you from the first chapter of the book of Joshua. And I'm only going to read one verse of scripture. And that's verse number 2. Joshua 1 and 2. It simply said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all thy people, unto this land which I do give them even to the children of Israel. Father, I thank you for this day. And I truly recognize that this is the day that you have made and we are to rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. Now, Father, I pray this morning that you would anoint me to preach your word like you've never anointed me before. Anoint my words, let the words that proceed from my mouth be that that is pleasing, that is backed up by the infallible, unadulterated word of the living God. I pray for every ear that is hearing this morning that you would anoint them to hear as much as you anoint me to preach. And I pray that in no way that the devil would block the receptivity of your word to your people. 
But I lay hold Isaiah 55 verses 9, 10, and 11 that your words shall not return unto you void, but it will accomplish everything that you have intended for it to do. Now, Father, I praise you in advance for everything that shall be accomplished this day. Now, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be all of the glory for the things that shall take place this day. And we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let the glad church say, Amen. Now, let's give God one more clap offering of praise this morning. I want to talk to you this morning, if I may, for the next few moments, and I don't know how much necessarily preaching I'm going to do because I really want to leave with you a powerful nugget today. I want to talk to you, if I may, for just a few moments on this thought, who's going to fill the vacant seat? Who is going to fill the vacant seat? The scripture said, as I read to you in my text, Moses my servant is dead. As I begin to ponder upon this particular passage of Scripture, I begin to think about over the past few years and even more recently, over this last decade, that it seems that every two to three years that we have lost some of the most prominent leaders of our time. And I go all the way back to 1956. It was in 1956 that Jack Cole Sr. passed away. In 1970, A.A. A. Allen. In 1973, Gordon Lindsay. In 1976, Catherine Kuhlman. In 1983, W.V. Grant Sr. In 1999, John Osteen. In 2003, Kenneth E. Hagan. In 2007, Bishop G.E. Patterson. In 2010, Frida Lindsay. 2012, R.W. Schambach. In 2014, Dr. Miles Monroe. I think about my dear friend, Brother Harrison Sewell. He passed away in 2010. Then I think about other great men and women of God. People like Dr. T.L. Lowry people like the silver-haired prophet that they called Dr. Fady Atkins, J.C. and Nell Hubbard. And then I think about your leaders here. I understand it was in 2013 that your mother, Pauline, passed away. And then 2008, uh, the, the leader of this house, Otha, passed away. In all these years, it seems that we have lost great men and great women of the faith. Even just a few days ago, Dr. Mar Cirillo, my great and precious friend, went home to be with the Lord. And it is because of their passing that I believe that the church has lost an element of spiritual authority and their seats have become vacant. These men and these women who operated under what I call the apostolic anointing have drifted from us. And it is because of these men and these women that believed and had great faith and great dependence and great reliance upon the Lord. When I think about these great men and great women that have passed, I think about how they stood and they believed in fasting. According to Matthew 
verse 17 and 21 where the scripture said, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. It is these men and these women that believed in travailing in prayer. They believed in healing. They believed in deliverance. They believed that God's hand could still work miracles. As a matter of fact, I remember growing up in the old church under this great apostolic anointing. It was not uncommon for crippled people to come in in wheelchairs. And when they left the tabernacle, they were no longer being pushed, but they were pushing the chairs out themselves. I can remember seeing with my own eyes crippled people come in with crutches, and they were no longer walking on those crutches, but they were carrying them out as a sign of healing, as a sign of victory. I can remember seeing people, I, I, have, I have a very dear friend that was dying with cancer at the age of 10 years of age. And I remember on the Sunday night, we had just built our new 2,000 seat sanctuary and the pews had not even arrived and we were having Sunday night service there and there were metal folding chairs in the building and my pastor called for my friend's mother to bring him up and his little frail body that is he was really nearly dead from cancer. He lifted him up before the Lord and said, God, I'm believing for you to heal this child. And I remember seeing his body stiffen like a board. And for the moment I thought my, my friend had passed away, but it was the healing touch of God that touched him and healed him and delivered him and set him free. He's still alive today with a wonderful family the beautiful children uh, and preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't believe that that apostolic anointing has left us. Uh, I believe because of these great men and women, these apostles of the faith, uh, they occupied this position um, of governing authority in the body of Christ. Uh, but their seat has become vacant. Uh, and we see that because of some of the things that we see that are happening under the umbrella of the church today. All in the name of the Lord. Uh, there are crazy things that are happening uh, in the church today that are that really are not of God, that are not anointed of God. Uh, that's just drawing a crowd of people. Uh, I've come to tell you this morning, you can get a crowd at a circus, uh, and that doesn't mean it's anointed. Uh, you can get a crowd at a wrestling match, uh, and that doesn't mean it's anointed. You can get a crowd at a movie theater, and that doesn't mean the anointing is there. But I want the anointing of God to be back Back in the house of God to where men and women are touched by the presence and the power and the anointing of the almighty God. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see the bound set free. I want to see men and women of God operating in the apostolic anointing, allowing God to use them once again to let the world know that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can you give him a praise offering this morning. Those that have gone before us, I really don't believe that they would have allowed this public genocide and this ignorance really that has drifted into the church. And you, you look on social media now and everybody has become a prophet. Everybody has become a prophetess. Everybody has become an apostle. And I don't misunderstand me. God can use anybody. But those that he uses, he anoints. The scripture says, Moses, my servant is dead. Let's go all the way back to Deuteronomy 34. 
The scripture declares that Moses goes to the top of Mount Pisgah. And the Lord showed, began to show him all the land of Gilead, Dan, and Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea, the scripture says. And then in verse 4 of that, that chapter, it says, And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou wilt not go over thither. The scripture went on and said, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. Moses, now listen to this, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural force abated. What that means is even in his old age, he was healthy. He was whole. I've come to tell you this morning, that's the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be a person that my eyes are not dim. I want to be able to see what God wants me to see. I want to be able to hear what God wants me to hear. I want to be able to speak what God wants me to speak. And when Moses laid his hands on Joshua, what he was saying is, I've come to the end of my journey and although I'm not going to the promised land with you, I'm not going to leave my seat vacant. And I'm thankful that when the leader of this house came to the end of his life, he didn't leave this house vacant. But he's got a leader in the form of your pastors this morning that are anointed and full of the Holy Ghost. But what we've got to understand this morning is Pastor Samuel and Amy, they can't do it all. They can't do it by themselves. Somebody else has got to help them fill the vacant seat. Somebody else has got to rise up and say, I'm going to be that leader. I'm going to be that individual. I'm going to be that person that is going to be a servant in the harvest field of the Lord. I remember the old song we used to sing. Harvest time, harvest time. The Savior's calling. The grain is falling. Oh, do not wait. It's growing late. It's harvest time. And I've come to tell you this morning, the harvest truly is plenteous, like the scripture says, but it's the labors that are few. And it's time for you and I to stand this morning. It's time for you and I to arise this morning and say, pastors, we're going to be your Aaron. We're going to be your Ur, And we're going to lift up your hands when you're walking in this journey and you can't hold up your own arms. We're going to help fill the vacant seat and we're going to get in this city and this community and we're going to let them know that God's still moving at the Lord's house. That God's still saving at the Lord's house. That God's still delivering at the Lord's house because the apostolic anointing is flowing in this house. Can somebody say amen? You see, I believe that the reason that pastors Samuel and Amy have been called to this ground is because their eyes are not dim. Their sight and flesh is not abated. I know sometimes we get weary in well-doing. 
I think about this pandemic. We really in this congregation, we have never embarked upon the season that we are currently in. I have never seen a day, not just in the church, but in the world, and what we are facing right now. I don't understand it. I have seven personal friends. All seven of them were bishops in New York and in Detroit. All seven of them fell prey to COVID-19. And they are no longer among us. And my heart is grieved because the seats have been left vacant. But my question is, to what type of people is going to fill the vacant seat? Now, I don't understand. I'm here to tell you this morning. I don't understand why God heals some and doesn't heal others. I'm not here to debate that issue. But there's one thing that I am here to proclaim. That God is still a healer. That God is still a deliverer. I remember three, about, oh, about two months ago, my wife fell ill. And I knew because of what was going on in her body, I knew that she was experiencing all of the symptoms of COVID-19. And I remember when our primary physician called and did the telemed, as we did it on the video, uh, he, he told us of his concern and told us to go and have the test. And we went to the location and, we, and she went through the procedure, didn't even have to get out of the car, Pastor. And I remember the doctor came around the corner and he looked at my wife and said we will call you tomorrow with the results but I'm just letting you know that you will be diagnosed with COVID-19 you have all of the symptoms he said I've seen hundreds of patients and I've not missed one I can see it in your eyes that this has crept upon you and I looked at that doctor right there in that line and I said doc I understand what you say but I choose to believe the report of the Lord. And so I took my wife home and laid her in the bed. She was very weak and her fever was kind of high at that point and, and she went on off to sleep. And we've got a fairly large master suite and we've got a, a sofa inside there. And I went to the sofa and I sat down and I began to pray and I began to cry and I began to weep and I began to say God, I want you to heal my wife. And God, I know that you're able. And then he ran me back to the scripture where I thought about the three Hebrew children. They'd been given a decree by the King Nebuchadnezzar. He said, At what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all the kinds of music, I want you to bow down and worship this golden image. But there were three Hebrew boys. We all know the story. If we've been in church long enough, that they did not, they refused to bow to the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But I love what happened before, Pastor. They went into the fiery furnace. They said, King, let it be known throughout this providence, throughout this kingdom, and throughout all this land. If I were God, who is able? That was the key word. Who is able? Chooses not to deliver us out of your hand and out of the hand of the fiery furnace. We're still not going to bow down and worship the golden image. And I got down on my face and said, God, if you choose not to heal my wife, I still believe that 
you're a healer. If you choose not to deliver her, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to depend upon you. I believe that God is looking for a man and for women that will stand up and say, God, if I got to go through the fire, I'm still going to serve you. God, if I have to live under a bridge the rest of my life, I'm still going to serve you. If I have to ride in a jalopy all the way to and from work the rest of my life, I'm still going to serve you. And I cried and wept all night long. And when I got up in the morning, I started walking in the house and I said, thank you, Jesus. I know she's healed in the name of the Lord. I had some assurance. I had some assurance from God. And then all of a sudden, she began to wake up and she began to ask for something to eat. And I could tell the strength was coming back into her body. Two and a half hours later, my telephone rang. I said, hello. They said, is this Mr. Coggins? I said, it is. They said, this is the hospital. They call the name of the hospital. And we've got your wife's results. I said, well, go ahead and tell me it's positive. She said, how did you know? I said, because when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop. And she said, sir, you are absolutely right. Her test came back negative. She does not have COVID-19. And I'm telling you this morning, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to fill the vacant seat. I choose to be the one that's going to allow that apostolic anointing to rest and reign upon my life. That when I speak the name of Jesus, all the demons in hell begin to tremble because I still believe there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I know there are many in churches today that no longer believe in that power, but I still believe what can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Why? Because it reaches to the highest mountain. It still flows to the lowest valley. Oh, it's the blood that Jesus shed that will never, never lose its power. Can you give him a praise this morning? I came this morning not to preach one of my 21 red hots, but I heard the Lord speak this to me at 3 o'clock this morning. Pastor Samuel, God spoke to me and said to tell you that God is preparing leaders in the wilderness for this place, for this house, to help you build this place for the kingdom and the glory of the Lord. I believe with all of my heart that God is getting ready to raise up people that none of us know anything about. That's on what I want to call the backside of the desert. You know why he's raising them up on the backside of the desert? Because the church has been sitting in the chair of do nothing, doing nothing. And now it's time for people to rise up and do something in the kingdom of God. 
Now, I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to mock. And I'm not here to make fun of any pastor or any church for any decision that they've made. But I have been very alarmed in this pandemic how easy it has been for the government to step in and shut down our churches. How easy it has been for individuals just to fall prey to what the government says. I want to ask you this morning, where is our faith? Where is our dependence? Where is our reliance upon the Lord? And again, I don't want you to misunderstand me. My grandmother taught me the greatest element of faith. And I'm a faith preacher. She was a faith preacher. But she always said to me, son, she said, God honors faith and not ignorance. And so I do believe that. I believe there's some things that we have to use wisdom with. There's some things we should do and some things we should not do. But I've come to tell you there is nobody that's going to shut my mouth of praise. Nobody that's going to shut my voice. I'm telling you they can come in this morning and they can cut my tongue out. But I'm still going to praise Him. I'm still going to worship Him. I'm still going to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know it's been difficult for all of us. Some of you, you're like me. You've had no income for months. As an evangelist, I depend upon the offerings from churches to survive. And from March until about two weeks ago, I only preached twice. But can I tell you something? Every time I went to the cupboard, there was always food to eat. Every time the light bill was due, there was always enough money in the bank to pay the light bill. Every time the mortgage payment was due, two days before, I might not have had it. But by the time I had to write the check and send the wire, it was there and I was able to pay it. So I've come to tell you this morning, I'm like David. I was young, but now I'm old. This is Coggins' commentary, and I like to quote it like this. I was young, and I'm still young. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed out begging for bread. I love what the songwriter declared. You may feel down today, but look up. Your help is on the way. Dark clouds may have dimmed your sky, but he'll answer you in the by and by. He's blessed you once. He'll bless you twice. I know because I've been living off his blessings all of my life because I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed out begging for bread. And I've come to tell the Lord's house this morning, it's time for us to stand and rise and declare we're going to fill the vacant seat. We're going to help these pastors and we're going to let this city and community know that God's still in the miracle working business. Can you give him another praise offering? When Moses died, just like these other great men and great women have died, when Moses died, God spoke to Joshua. And he said, as I read to you in my text this morning, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, somebody say now. Now it's time to cross over the Jordan and possess the promised land. Moses was a great leader. Otha and Pauline were great leaders. But they have gone on to their reward. They took the people to the level 
that God had called them. But now that Moses is dead, God has raised up a Joshua to take us to the promised land. You see, when the Israelites, while the Israelites, they could see the land, it was Joshua and Caleb, men of a different spirit, whom God used to lead the people through the warfare of their inheritance. I think about myself. Now, if you can't tell it this morning, I'm a little old school. Well, let's just tell the truth. I'm a lot old school. That's just me. I've been doing this for over 40 years. And still get results. So if the wheel is not broke, why fix it? Well, I got a praise report to give you this morning. In the morning, I'm going to fly to Atlanta. And then in my entire family, we're going to meet at my mother's, my sons and daughter and grandchildren. Nothing like grandchildren. I'm telling you, I wish grandchildren would have been born first. If I knew it was going to be this much fun. And we're all leaving on Thursday. And we're going to Raleigh, North Carolina. Because next Sunday, my son and his wife, right in the middle of a pandemic, are launching Echo Church. Because God has raised up a new generation. And they might be a little different. They might act a little different. Of course, he doesn't act a whole lot different. But he is anointed as his dad. And he's going to touch that city. And he's going to change that city. Just six weeks ago, he held his interest service. Of which he asked people that were interested in birthing a church that was full of the power of God. And to his amazement, over 150 people showed up for his first service. I'm excited because Moses, the servant of God, may have died. But God has raised up a Joshua and Caleb generation. And I've come to tell you this morning here at the Lord's house, it's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to rise up and become that generation that will be effective in this world. I'm, it's t I'm telling you, I know it's a different day. It's a different time. And what may have worked 50 years ago might not work today. But what did work 50 years ago was the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost is still going to work today. And I am excited because there is a vacant seat that is going to be filled to capacity. And I speak a prophetic word this morning that I believe in times past we have been caught between moves of God. And I believe that every move of God has been a preparation and a stepping stone to something greater. I think about the great reformation. We needed the great reformation. I thought about the holiness movement. We needed the holiness movement. I thought about the 
faith movement. We needed the faith movement. I thought about the charismatic movement. We needed the charismatic movement. But now is the time of the apostolic movement. And I believe that the true apostles of the faith are going to rise up with power and rise up with authority and bring the church back in order. And when the church is in order, signs and wonders and miracles will follow them that believe. Can you say amen? And I speak this prophetically in this house today. That there is an apostolic anointing that is lining up in this house. Preparing this move of God that is getting ready to take place in Tyler, Texas. As I was driving down the interstate this morning. And I looked up to my right on Interstate 20 as I was near my exit. Pastor Samuel, I saw a huge fireball in the sky. And I looked for a moment and I thought, what in the world? But then all of a sudden, I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to my spirit and said, this is my glory. And I'm sitting upon this region. And I'm sending it to this region. So that I may be lifted up. And what does the scripture declare? If he be lifted up. He shall draw all men nigh unto him. I remember in in pastoring. Before I left the pastorate in November of 2017. I remember when we started that church. In 2011. I remember our first service. We had 75 people. And I remember how God increased the church and we got to 100 and we got to 125. And then I, we just really seemed to could never break that 125 mark. And I began to pray. And I began to say, God, what, what, what is it that I'm not doing? What is it that, that I need to do? And then all of a sudden I began to realize the scripture says, If he be lifted up, he shall draw all men nigh unto him. There's nothing wrong with programs. There's nothing wrong with plans. There's nothing wrong with an agenda. There's nothing because the Bible says everything is to be done decently in order. But when I threw my agenda out the door and said, Oh God, I want you to have your way and I want you to be lifted up above every name. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest with you. I took my name off the sign because I didn't want anybody to know my name. I wanted them to know the name of Jesus. It's not important to me anymore. If you remember my name, what's important to me is that you know the name of Jesus because it's not at my name that every knee is going to bow it is at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord the King of glory and I've come to tell you this morning when I threw my agenda out the door and began to exalt him more than ever then the church began to grow and began to replenish and God began to bless and when I resigned the church in November 2006 17 to go back into evangelism. There were over 400 people on a regular attended Sunday morning. People worshiping and praising God. I had a, a full, a 14 full time staff members. Had a bankroll of $60,000. A payroll every two weeks to meet. And I've come to tell you this morning, God has been, is, and will always be faithful when we begin to lift Him up. So I've come to challenge you this morning.
wanting uh, to fill that empty seat. Uh, Whatever it is that the pastors need you to do in the house of God, you need to do it. If it's clean the church, help them clean the church. If it's mow the lawn, help them mow the lawn. If it's visit the sick, help them visit the sick. If it's pray in the altar, help them pray in the altar. If it's teaching a class, help them teach a class. Because it's time that you and I feel the vacant seat. Can you say amen? If the musicians would come as I'm preparing to close here. And I know a lot of times when the preacher says you're getting ready to close, y'all know they're lying. Usually when they say it three or four times, then that means they're really closing. But I I promise you, I'm going to be like Elizabeth Taylor was the last time she got married. She looked at her husband and said, baby, I ain't going to be with you long. So I promise you, I'm getting ready to close. But I've come this morning with a challenge. I've come this morning with a challenge from my heart to encourage you to become a soldier in the army of the Lord. You see, I believe too many times we think that God can't use us or God won't use us. As I mentioned to you previously, I've been preaching now for just a tad over 40 years. I remember nearly 40 years ago when I went to preach one of my first revivals away from town. It was way deep down in South Georgia because I'm originally from Atlanta. And it was so far south that I believe God had to pipe in sunshine. God didn't even know where that city was. There's a little town called Kite. K-I-T-E. Now, I arrived in that town on Sunday afternoon because back in the day, revival started on Sunday night and they went through the next Sunday night. Didn't have no rest nights or anything like that. And I have been known in times past to go six and a half weeks in one revival. I remember arriving early that Sunday afternoon and pastor had already told me the church would be unlocked because, you know, back in the day, you took product with you and you had cassette tapes. Y'all remember the cassette tapes that all the evangelists used to come through and sell? It's to help them pay for their gas and hotels and whatever, things of that nature, you know. I would always take up an offering for starving kids. And people would say, well, who's the starving kids? I'd say, they're mine. <laughs> but I was getting my product out of the car and... Walked in the church, set up my little table, put the tablecloth down, you know, had your minister name on it, and I, you know, I had it all decorated just right. And I noticed there was a car at the church, and I heard somebody in the sanctuary. But the person didn't even acknowledge that I was there. And so I was looking, and they were going in and out of the pews, you know, the pews. I thought, what in the world? So I walked in the sanctuary and it was a little old lady. I dared say she was in her 80s. And I said, sis, I'm the guest speaker and I, I just noticed you was here. And Are you all right? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And she said, I guess you're wondering what I'm doing. I said, well, yeah, I guess I really was. She said, well, preacher boy, that's what she called me. I was just, you know, 16 years old. I wasn't but about... You know, that high. Of course, I ain't much taller now, but I weighed 110 pounds then, and I weigh 100 and 
well, none of your business. We'll just leave it right there. But I will say I've lost 28 pounds. Thank you, Jesus. I'm headed even further down the road. But she said, preacher boy, she said, I'm not a singer. I said, okay. She said, and I sure ain't no preacher, just no country woman. And I ain't a teacher. She said, but I reckon I got the cleanest house in this county. And I told the Lord that I wanted to do something for him. So every Sunday morning about 8.30 I get here and I make sure this sanctuary and the bathrooms and everything is clean and ready for people to come and worship God. And every Sunday afternoon I come here about 4 o'clock and I make sure that I pick up all the paper or anything, make sure the bathroom is straightened up, make sure that it's ready to worship God on Sunday night. Then I get here a little early on Wednesday night for the midweek service. They called it family training hour back then is what she said. So I make sure that it's ready for the teachers and the, everybody to have their classes. And that kept running over and over in my mind. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a singer. I'm not a teacher. But I do have the cleanest house in this county. What she was saying is, I've not been called to the pulpit ministry. But there is something I can do in the house of God. And here she was in her 80s. Coming to clean and make the house presentable and ready for people to worship God. So I've come to tell you this morning. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You can help fill the vacant seat. There is something that you can do in the kingdom of God. And the greatest thing that I can challenge you to do is become an intercessor for this house. Become a prayer warrior for this house. Don't let a day go by that you don't pray for your pastor and the leaders of this house. Lift them up before the presence of the Almighty God. God can and God will use you. Just be willing to fill the vacant seat. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to just ask this morning by show of hands, nobody's looking but myself, I pray. Is there anyone this morning who will say, Brother Coggins, I want to be that person that helps our pastors fill the vacant seat. I want to be the individual that God is going to use to usher in this move of God that is coming in this last day. I want to help fill that vacant seat. Lift up your hand if that's you this morning. Just lift them up. That's good. Man, that's wonderful. Anybody else just lift it up? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Those of you that lifted your hand. That's most of you, but just stand with me all over this house this morning. Or maybe if you're visiting this morning, you want to help fill the vacant seat in the house that you normally attend. Just say, I want to be an individual that's going to occupy until he comes. I want to, I want to do, I don't want to be found guilty in the chair of do nothing. I love what Lester, the late great Lester Summerall said. He said, I would rather fail God by trying to do something for him than fail him by doing nothing at all. And I challenge you this morning to fill the vacant seat, to fill that empty seat that has been left and allow that apostolic anointing of God to operate through your life so that you can be a vessel that God can work through. Amen. Amen. Now I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to follow what, you know, what we're supposed to do. And I, I'm not going to come and lay hands on you this morning uh, for, you know, for those maybe perhaps that, that uh, uh, has a challenge with that. I'm not here to 
cast any judgment on you. But I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm, I'm going to extend my hand toward you this morning. And I'm going to pray that God will use you. And I'm going to ask, or uh, do we have him sing? Okay, if you'll go ahead and just begin singing whatever the Lord lays upon your heart. And I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to ask God to use you. Because you stood this morning and saying, I want to be used of God. I want to be used of the Lord. And I'm going to step off this podium. And I'm just going to walk around this sanctuary. And I'm going to extend my hand toward you. And I'm going to pray for you. And ask God to release an apostolic anointing upon your life. Ask God to use you like he's never used you before. Because I believe that in your hands are created miracles. Out of your mouth can come deliverance for people in your family. In your business, on your job, in your community, and even in this church. I believe that can happen through you in the name of the Lord. So just go right ahead and begin to worship Him. Lift up your hands.